Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we are fully looking over the NHL trade deadline, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon's Twitch press conference, and looking around the league to see how we're feeling all inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 578 of Lockdown Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. When you were listening to this on Wednesday morning, I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up, and you should definitely be prepared for our Thursday episode uh, with Russ Cohen of Lockdown Flyers. So any of your NCAA and some OHL prospects that you want to hear about, we have you covered. But first, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metla, and I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we are in the post Lekkonen era. We talked about the Bruins game the, game the day before. We don't really want to talk about the Bruins game. We're going to talk about the Canadians. And first of all, how are we doing today? I personally, uh, as we talked about on our live episode, a rebuild is uncomfortable. You're going to have to say goodbye to players that you like. But I thought we would talk about or I, it was partly due to curiosity, but I thought we would talk about how are we feeling about the Canadians going forward, thanks to the moves that they've made at the trade deadline. And I did a poll on Twitter, which obviously isn't extremely scientific, but it did get uh, over 250 responses, which is a pretty good sampling of our followers. And... Um, Here's I had my options as how do you feel about the Canadians organization going forward as a result of their trade deadline moves? And my options were cautiously optimistic, wildly optimistic, meh, and pessimistic. And 2% were pessimistic, 6% were meh. Bunch of Leafs fans probably answered those questions. And then this is this will surprise you because I thought cautiously optimistic would win out and wildly optimistic ended up edging just a little bit so obviously 92 percent of the people who responded felt optimistic and a lot of them felt wildly optimistic and i thought that was so interesting i think people are excited that there's going to be a rebuild and it's so weird because we're losing games or at the bottom of the standings and we're losing players that we like and still Canadians fans feel optimistic. I thought that's great. I think it's positive. And I don't think necessarily it it's only to do with the trade deadline moves they made. Because as you can tell, they set the market multiple times. With the Tyler Toffoli trade, they set the market. And then with the Ben Chirot trade, they set the market. I'm sure there were other GMs cursing Kent Hughes at that point when he got such a high return uh, for Ben Chirot, for Tyler Toffoli, eventually Arturi Lekkinen and, uh, and Brett Kulak. I mean, to me, we talked about how Brett Kulak was going to fetch a third rounder, maybe a fifth rounder. Ended up getting a person, a defenseman, a body. <laughs> I keep saying a person and picks because a body um, and two picks, like two picks. At the end of the day, when the trade call went through, ben, B -B Bob McKenzie had reported that it was a pick and a, a sort of he's on the cusp. He's a prospect that kind of has played in the NHL. Um, 
but then he ended up throwing in a seventh rounder. Now that's a seventh rounder, but you know, there's, there's players that pan out and, and, and end up being NHL players in the seventh round. Lots of goalies. Uh, I think, I believe Jake Evans is a seventh rounder, if I'm not mistaken. And he's yeah. one of our favorite players, right? So like, it's not nothing. These are not nothing. And they're also currency that you can use to move up in the draft. So I'm feeling good. I'm fe- I put caution- cautiously optimistic. That was my feeling. What about you, Scott? I, I was in the cautiously optimistic bracket too with that. And I look at one of the replies to our tweet there is that said tearing down is the easy part. It's building it back up. That's the hard part. And I thought they've made very good first steps there. Uh, Emil Heineman, uh, Ty Smolanek getting a lot of these draft pieces in getting Justin Barron and the Arturi Lekkinen trade are all really smart building blocks. They're not immediate help but they're very near future help as they continue to work their way through this. And that's my thought is I understand why people are wildly optimistic because Kent Hughes set a price for everybody and he got his price for everybody, which is, and more so in case of someone like Brett Kulak, like that's impressive work. Now it's what do you do in the off season? Cause that's their next big hurdle was getting this team back on track this season, which Back on track is a relative term. They're nine, six, and three under Martin St. Louis, which is better. They're not an elite team, and I don't think anyone's expecting them to be this year. Was getting the play sorted out, figuring out who's going to be here, who's going to be leaving, and getting through the trade deadline. And they are there now, and that is all set. Now they got to focus on the offseason ahead. They're going to get through this season. They're going to give guys like Justin Barron is going to Canadians practice on the day you're listening to this. He will probably be in the lineup for the Canadians on Thursday night against Florida. Um, and just figuring out what their next steps are because they need scouts in there. They have a lot. They have 14 picks in the upcoming draft. That's a lot of draft capital. I don't expect them to hold on to all of those. I expect them to be packaged and moved around, especially once their season is over because their next big task is once our regular season ends at the end of April, beginning of May, whichever day it is. The 29th, I believe. Yeah. Who wants to stay here? Who wants to still go? What can we work out with other teams here? Because the Canadians can make trades. It, it's fine. We're going to see where it is. If, if Jeff Peter's going to go to Dallas, is Dallas in the playoffs? Is Dallas out of the playoffs? We might see a lot of action very quickly. So I'm very pleased with what Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton have done so far. I'm just, I want to know what the next steps are. I'm I'm eagerly awaiting the next steps. Whereas with Mark Bergevin, I was kind of like, oh God, what, what's he going to do next? We didn't know. Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are sticking to a plan right now. And I think that's the sign of a, a front office working in tandem, not working in separate pieces, working in tandem. And it's a very, it's a very nice, pleasant change from what we've had in the past. I think uh, I want to say real quick, because I know we're, we're sort of coming to the end of the segment is you look at the way that popular players have been traded and it tells you a lot because it tells you that they're not afraid to be bold. It's not the first time that popular players have been traded away from Montreal or allowed to walk in free agency. But this is the first time that I can remember since I started watching the Canadians in 2001 <laughs> it's a been a lot I've literally been a Canadians fan for two decades and this is the first time that I can remember where the parting has happened on such good terms and that's so important is that yes you know like I I saw so many people today retweeting the picture of Arturi Lekkinen um with his first Avs press conference and talking about how that stings and yes it does but at the end of the day the player themselves like the players themselves like from Ben Sherratt to Tyler Toffoli to Toffoli's wife to Artree Lekkinen's 
dad, I believe it was, that was talking about it. They're all saying positive things about the organization and the way things were left. So that to me, and, and not only that, the fans, yeah, it stings, but the fans still have so much goodwill towards you. So this is a positive step. But like you said, and like um, our, our, our listeners said, tearing down is easy. We'll see what they do to build. And we have so much more. They had a Twitch uh, press conference Q&A, whatever we want to call that, which is a uh, wild sentence to say. We have the highlights on that, thanks to the folks over at Habs Chronicle. And that's going to be coming up in our next segment. Well, But first, folks, do you know about HelloFresh? HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep and you can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. And HelloFresh delivers everything pre-portioned right to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skipping on quality. So skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the low eight and long lines and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. And guess what? HelloFresh doesn't even save you time beyond that. It saves you time in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less, and they are quick and easy, including 20-minute recipes with low prep and easy cleanup options, providing an even faster route to putting food on the table. Uh, my girlfriend used HelloFresh during her bar prep, which allowed me, who is an idiot in the kitchen, to make dinner while she continued her studies and made it so easy. If I can do it, anyone can do it, and trust me when I say that. So if you go to HelloFresh.com slash LOCKDOWN16 and use code LOCKDOWN16, you're going to get 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash LOCKDOWN16 and promo code LOCKDOWN16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. Folks, check out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So we had a... Twitch Q&A with the Canadian and Canadian's GM and vice president of hockey operations today, which is a wild sentence for me to hear out loud because I think of Twitch as dudes getting really mad at Call of Duty and saying things that get them fired from their jobs. Not Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon sitting in front of people. And bear with me, I'm going to read through uh, two pages of quick notes, and you can find this at Habs Chronicle on Twitter. They uh, they grabbed the highlights of this press conference. Uh, the team, Hughes and Gorton, are very excited about Corey Schooneman. Great. They're not going to give Andre Markov a small contract to get to 1,000 games. They're hopeful to get Aris, but they obviously cannot negotiate that yet. They love Joshua Wan. They're interested to see him in camp. They want Norlinder in North America, but it's likely he may be starting in the AHL. Captaincy is a discussion for the summer if someone is ready for it. They are very impressed by Michael Pozzetta. Roster construction doesn't play a factor in drafting. They will draft best player available. They are open to trading up in the draft, especially with the surplus of picks. They are open to flipping picks for more NHL-ready prospects. Hughes is a big fan of Suzuki as a player, person, and future leader. Sees a lot of parallels with Patrice Bergeron from a leadership perspective. Uh, they see a strong free agent market. Uh, Gordon sees a strong connection between Josh Anderson and Chris Kreider, a rare power forward who can score, and he's very excited. Jeff Gordon originally thought Nick Suzuki would be a 2C, but has been really surprised at how good he's become. Uh, they might talk about Ben Chirac coming back this summer. They cannot mention anything because of tampering. And Gordon adds that his wife was uh, that his wife, Gordon's wife, 
was upset about him leaving for obvious reasons because Ben Chirot is a very handsome man. Hughes is not ready to say where Gooley will play next year. They'll remain flexible and place him based on what he shows. Uh, on rookies who could make the team out of camp, he names Gooley as a possibility, but they uh, may be some happy surprises. They are open to a long-term deal with Alexander Romanov this summer. And when asked about the most interesting prospects, Gorton won't show his hand, but he did mention Wright and Yuri Slavkovsky as a couple of exciting players. That is a lot of information. And oh my God, is it so nice to hear so many good things from the people up there. Uh, Laura, where, where do we start touching in on that? Because there's a lot to unpack. And for once, I'm not going like sobbing into my hands because the GM spoke to the media. <laughs> I think, I mean, I want to say something that I thought is really interesting is that just a couple of years ago, you look at the Canadians and they are one of the stiffy, stiffy, stuffy, stuffy, stuffy. Old franchises. not stiffy. Definitely not stiffy. Oh but my God. Stuffy. Oh no. <laughs> Don't edit this out, Scott. You have I'm not editing anything. It's too much work. You make fun of me. I'm all good with that because I was like, what am I? I can't even remember what I was trying to say. Oh yes. A stuffy old franchise. Uh, clearly. <laughs> Um, and, and they were traditional and they wouldn't do fun things. Anytime they showed personality, for example, on their social media accounts, people would get so excited uh, that they were showing like a modicum of personality. And now uh, the the vice president of communications, uh, communicate. I think that's her official title. We know her as Chantal Maccabe, like a uh, hero of this podcast, obviously. <laughs> we love her. Uh, she, she did a Twitch uh, live with them where fans were able to ask questions and uh i can i'll confess like i'm not that old and i had to have scott show me how to how to, how to <laughs> access the twitch because when Kent hughes was hired his first press conference he did one with uh with mark on 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 the twitch so i was like scott i don't know how to i don't know how to watch the replay uh, but either way they are clearly moving into a modern kind of era where they are transparent they're giving the fans access to the team in ways we haven't seen before and I think that's so important because these are the people that are making the hockey decisions, right? Like, yes, it's true that you want to market the players. You want to, you want to, you want to post things on social media that showcase what the players can do, or maybe showcase fun things about them. But this was also, you got to ask them questions about their strategy and they didn't tip their hand too much, but we learned a lot about the way they think, right? I think to me, one of the most telling things about that Twitch conference was, um, Jeff Gorton saying that he knew Cole was good, but it surprised him uh, how good he was, right? Like when they asked who was, who was been a surprise and he said he knew that Cole was good, but he's really taken it to the next level. Uh, they asked, they asked a lot about um, Martin St. Louis. Uh, there were a lot, there were some questions about whether he'd be, he'd be extended. And obviously they were like, we'll talk about that in the off season and things like that. So I thought that they, they did a really good job of answering without really answering. They gave the fans a taste of what they wanted. And for the things that they couldn't answer, they weren't surly about it. They didn't, they weren't like condescending about it. They made fun, lighthearted jokes about it. And I really love that, you know, like, uh, like when they said they couldn't talk about Ben Chirot's future, if he's coming back to Montreal, what I was surprised about was that there were so many questions about that. Like Chantal was scrolling and there were so many questions about that. Like people clearly loved Ben Chirot. Now I would like to look at Ben Chirot on an opposing team. <laughs> um, that's just me. It might just be me, but, uh, I, where do we start? Let's talk about Nick Suzuki. 
I, I think that's the part for me that is the wildest is that Gordon originally saw him as a two C, which is something we've heard from a it's lot fair. of other people is that he can be there, if, but he can be better. And we've seen him in since Martin St. Louis has gotten here. He set career highs and points and everything else. And he's coming into his own as an elite center on a long-term deal. And Kent Hughes seeing him as uh, not just someone who looked up to Patrice Bergeron, but sharing all these qualities with him. If anyone's going to know about Patrice Bergeron, the person on and off the ice, it's going to be his former player agent. And I think that speaks volumes to how important the GM and now his, uh, his vice president of hockey operations see Nick Suzuki. And I, I know that they talked about captaincy and I really can't help but feel it's down to one of two people. It's going to be Brendan Gallagher or Nick Suzuki. I would be shocked if it's anyone else. There's an outside chance it may be someone like Joel Edmondson, but I can't help but think that Nick Suzuki is going to be wearing the C in Montreal before too long. If it's not this season, it won't be that far off in the future. He's he's the next era of superstars for the Canadians. And I'm I feel very blessed to be able to watch him play hockey right now. I'm a million percent in agreement with that. That's something that it came out, it turned out better than we expected, right? In that Pacioretty trade, we were like, well, what's going on? Um, you know, this guy, obviously Vegas fans were really sorry to see him go. And to be honest, I, and I'm kind of ashamed of this, is that we were like, oh, Vegas fans are new. What do they know? A lot of people had that, right? But they were right. This guy's playing really great hockey. Another thing that um, to sort of tie into your, 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 your captain sort of prediction or question is that Kent Hughes mentioned that he's been Patrice Bergeron's longtime agent and Nick Suzuki reminds him of Patrice Bergeron, partly because he's purposely modeling his game after him. But he talked about that quiet leadership and the word leadership came up multiple times in reference to him. So they refused to say who they were thinking in terms of captain. They said that they would like for there to be a captain next season. And this would be a discussion for at some point later after these games are done. It seems to me from what they're saying is that that's, that's how they see a Nick Suzuki. So I think for Nick Suzuki's future, obviously it's really bright, but I would say that especially in the next couple of years, if he is going to be the top line center, he needs support in that second line on that second line. He can either be the second line to somebody that they bring in or the other way around. And he, he has support because right now he's taking all the difficult minutes, uh, which is again, it's, it's all positive things about his play. He's handling himself really well, but I'd like to see a little bit more depth in that position, which nobody really asked them about that. But I think that was one of the takeaways from that conversation that I was thinking about afterwards. And to just put a bow on this segment, I think that wraps in with what they said about free agency as well, is that they see it as a big free agent market. And I think when they move some of these pieces out that are left over from the Bergevin regime in that they're going to try and make a splash with somebody here and get Nick Suzuki that little bit of help that he needs here. I love Christian Dvorak as a player. I think he was sold as something he's not, at least quite yet in Montreal. I think he's a can be a very valuable piece. But in the role he's being asked to play right now, the role uh, Rem Pitlick's being asked to play, the role Jake Evans is asked to play on some nights isn't getting the best out of them. And I think Martin St. Louis, if he can get that guy in that 2C role, he's going to be able to utilize Nick Suzuki in the most effective way or Christian Dvorak in the best way and whoever's second line center is in the best way. And there is, like I said, it's going to be a very, very exciting offseason in Montreal. But 
The Canadians weren't the only active people on trade deadline day. We're going to kind of take a look around the league and we're going to kind of see who were the winners and losers of the NHL trade deadline. But first, if you follow the show, you know we love Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you love Built Bar, they're low calorie, low sugar, low in net carbs, and high in protein. You got to try out Built Puffs. They are protein-infused marshmallows, so they're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and winter might be gone, but let me tell you, melt a few inside your hot chocolate, and you are on another level of enjoyment. And they're a flavor for everyone, not only in Built Puff, but in Built Bar. If you want mint brownie, coconut, or you want something like churro or coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, there is something for everybody and Built Bar is always adding new flavors. So go check out Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. They're always adding new things. Trust me when I say that. There is something new for everybody every single month. So that's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order. All right. So the NHL trade deadline was boring, and then it was not, and I had to kind of eat my words for saying it might be boring, but... I suppose I don't know where to start. Do we start with like the Leafs trying to claim a goalie and then it not working out, or do we start with Minnesota trading for a goalie and Kyle Dubas wanting to fight Kyle Davidson? I I don't know where to start because if we do the Kyle Barn fight, I don't think we're going to get to anything else today. So I just want to talk about the Leafs for a second. Uh, they wind how about- does this podcast affect the Leafs? <laughs> They whine about people taking the people they put on waivers. Well, like, this is what happens when you spend to the cap. Like, if you want to be a good team, you obviously at some point are going to have cap issues. That's kind of how Tampa's done it. That's how the Chicago Blackhawks did it. That's, you know, you want to win a Stanley Cup or try for a Stanley Cup, you're going to have to make some hard decisions, and you're going to have to stack your lineup. That's part of it. If you have a stacked lineup, especially in COVID times, you're going to have to move people up and down. So there are going to be a lot of people that get the games played that after that, you have to pass them through waivers in order to send them down. You have too many bodies, you have to send people down. That's just the way it works. You have too little bodies, you have to like get people through waivers. Um, and people are claiming them because they can. Because the NHL rules are set up in such a way that they're allowed to. Now, why Arizona claimed that goalie? I think... Like, if it was just for shiggles, I applaud that so hard because everybody knows that the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially with the trade deadline, they help their defensive situation. They are suffering in goal right now because their goaltenders cannot stop a puck to save their lives. It's just that's the way it is. And they had one option. He had to pass through waivers again due to the NHL rules. And now they no longer have that option. So they have to hope and pray that Jack Campbell finds his name, uh, his game again, name, finds his game again. I'm like misspeaking all across this podcast. Um, and uh, and I don't, I honestly, I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do. But uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs losing in the first round seems to be an annual tradition. It would be a shame if that didn't happen. So maybe that's the only thing Arizona was thinking. As for the Kyle Davidson thing. Everybody grow up. I To look at the Leafs goaltending thing, Morazic cleared waivers, and I think they were banking on that happening because of his contract, and he did. The issue is they were banking on him clearing so they could open up space and potentially add more, and then they couldn't because the goalie they wanted to bring in got claimed by another team. And my first thought is if you are an NHL GM 
and you are not lining up your foresight to go, if this doesn't work, what is plan B? And your plan B is to get mad at another GM over something in the grand scheme of things that doesn't matter. We are all just space dust walking around this planet until we inevitably die and return to the sun itself. Eat it, Arby's. It doesn't matter. It truly doesn't matter. And one, guys, just find a barn, build it yourself, do whatever the hell you want, and fight. Get it over with and go back to your terrible teams. I don't care. It's petty and it's dumb. Kyle Dubas is mad because people are following the NHL rules. And Kyle Davidson is, I don't know, GM of the Blackhawks, which sucks for him, I guess. Like, <laughs> Which I guess we're just going to par- parlay this into the next thing. I think the most surprising trade of the day for me was Marc-Andre Fleury going from Chicago to the Minnesota Wild. And then uh, Capo Kakinen going from there to our friends over in San Jose to help them out net. Uh, Flurry in Minnesota, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it feels wrong, wronger than Flurry in Chicago, and I really don't know why. Um, oh, I completely forgot about this. You know, we're gonna we're gonna cancel the Flurry segment. Evgeny Dodonov getting <laughs> traded to a team he can't be traded to, and we're not sure whose fault it is yet. It might be Ottawa's. It's probably Vegas's, and the NHL looks like this amateur hour league. It's I don't. I, I don't know. Just look at Cap Friendly. Everybody else can. You're going to tell me you don't know who was on his trade list, when, you, which apparently Vegas was on his no trade list in the first place when they acquired him. It's it's the world's worst mystery that I don't really want an answer to because everybody looks stupid right now. I The one thing we know is that his no trade paperwork was filed on time. So that was something where I can't remember if it was Vegas or Ottawa that tried to blame the, the player. Um, and or the player agent or something, and then the player was adamant and really angry. Imagine you get traded to a team that you said that you can't be traded to. Like that just it 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 must be really, really annoying. The other thing too is that if this trade doesn't go through, Vegas is over the cap. So they're gonna have to do something. And if they do something, whatever player they move or acquire or whatever will not be eligible for the playoffs. So that's a fun fact that uh people sometimes forget. You can't actually make trades after the trade deadline. Those players just aren't eligible to play in the playoffs for you. So if you're a team like the Montreal Canadiens who isn't going to make the playoffs and you are or and you want to trade with Philadelphia Flyers who aren't going to make the playoffs, you can go ahead and do that uh, because it's not really going to affect anything in, in the postseason. But Vegas very much still has hopes of making the postseason. So that's a fun aspect of it. It, it's all just so weird. Like I look at some of the teams, Colorado, I thought did very well at the trade deadline, getting Arturi Lekin. And I thought the Rangers loaded up very well to round out their lineup. Um, Philadelphia was in a bit of a rough spot. Yeah. They traded Claude Giroux for a return that was inherently disappointing, at least from my point of view. And then that was the only option they had. He only wanted to go to Florida. It's tough. Like, is that, you know, it is a tough spot for Chuck Fletcher, and I admit that. But at the same time, Martin Jones is still there. Uh, some of their other pending UFAs, they didn't really get much for them. And we look at Montreal got for their pending UFAs and go, either your players suck a lot more or your GM doesn't have the ability to work a finesse thing here. And I thought Philadelphia had uh, kind of a tough trade deadline. Florida could be a hit, could be a miss. Getting Claude Giroux, great. Getting Ben Sherratt and Robert Hag, um, sure, why not? Um, they did just lose Aaron Ekblad too, which kind of puts a damper on things. It time will tell because we've we thought we've seen good 
uh, moves at the trade deadline that turned out to be terrible. And we've seen ones that looked bad that turned out great, you know? Um, Can I just say something real quick? Absolutely. Not in the Twitch, but in the post-trade deadline press conference on Monday, Kent Hughes brought up Cap Friendly twice. Clearly, there's people in the Habs war room looking at Cap Cap Friendly. Um, Those of those those people in the war room that aren't looking at Vinny LeCavalier's face, um, we're looking at cap friendly. But see, that's the thing. It's like you can literally, if you're a GM, you can use this thing that's like this informational tool that's literally right there. It's for free. And you and I use it for this podcast. And you can't check. I I stopped myself from tweeting the Vegas Golden Knights at about 11 o'clock last night saying, hey, I'm available to look at cap friendly for like 60 bucks and a bottle of whiskey. So like... <laughs> Get it together. And a lot of people are like, well, it's their comeuppance. And I go, it's it's really bad ownership and leadership there. But that's – who boy. Um, they still haven't resolved it as the t- at the time of this podcast. So we will let you know when we get to our mailbag episode on Friday. We are obviously dropping an episode with Russ Cohen of Locked On Flyers about the prospects on Thursday. So we are not recording anything Wednesday night. We both have the night off to go do as we please. I'm going to get mad at Elden Ring. Laura is. I going have plans. To, Laura has plans. I don't. <laughs> that, that's why we're taking the night off. We have things to do. So, uh, <laughs> as always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can send us questions there or lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. We are getting closer and closer to 500 subscribers. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matlin. When you are done checking us out, please check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey, where our hosts have all the info you need to. Rule the roost in your fantasy hockey league, wherever that may be.